Welcome everyone to a midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Calm the music uh, provided by Wasted Talent. So, on the show today, it is the all-star break in Major League Baseball. So, a good opportunity to look back at the unofficial first half of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays and just baseball in general as we get ready for the the stretch run. The trade deadline is just a couple of weeks away. Obviously, much more intrigue with Juan Soto. And that's where I want to start today. Um, a, A lot of discussion about whether the Blue Jays should target Soto or should target pitching in this year's uh, at this year's trade deadline. Obviously, the best answer would be, oh, well, do both. But we, we've talked about pitchers that I would like to see the Blue Jays go after um, at this deadline, and I don't think you can get those and then still get Juan Soto. So it, it is a difficult thing to, to kind of wrap your head around. I, I think from a, a Blue Jay perspective... I mean, we're just coming off of a baseball free agency where, um, or sorry, a, a hockey free agency where out of nowhere, the Columbus Blue Jackets got the biggest free agent prize in Johnny Gaudreau. So stranger things have happened, but I, I would suggest from a Toronto perspective, they are going to be outgunned in some of the different ways that teams can acquire a player of Juan Soto, whether it be big league talent, whether it be... um prospect capital, what have you. I think I would much rather spend my time on something maybe a touch more realistic, like a Luis Castillo, like a Frankie Montas, um, and, and just kind of go at it that way. But when you look at the Blue Jays and who is untouchable right now, um, obviously the, the first one is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Like that, that one... That, that one seems pretty obvious when you look at what the Blue Jays are doing. Um... After that, I would suggest that um, Alec Manoa is an untouchable. And then there's a couple like Gosman and Barrios just aren't going to be traded in this. But you, you don't want to be moving those guys. Springer, because of the, the size of his contract, he is probably not going af- anywhere. After that, the, the conversation is around Bo Bichette, right? And would you trade Bo Bichette in a Juan Soto trade? And like... I always pause at the untouchable conversation because it's like, oh, if Mike Trout's available, you're not going to trade Bo Bichette? Well, of course I would. Um, I would rather not. It would be fun to have him also on a team with Mike Trout. But, like, it's just when you look at... um, when you look at guys who you would trade Bo Bichette for, the the list is actually relatively small, right? But in a Juan Soto conversation, I I certainly think you would have to look at it. and then after that, everyone's on the table for me. And that includes Moreno, right? Like, I, I I, think the world of the kid, I thought he looked pretty good when he came up. I think that there is still a little bit of maturing that needs to be done. But when you have an opportunity to get someone of Juan Soto's caliber, you just go out and do that. Gabriel Moreno, like, you are hoping in a couple of years, in a few years, he turns into what Juan Soto is now, right? And that's the same thing with Bo Bichette, is that Bo is awesome, but I don't know if he ever gets to the level that a Juan Soto gets to. And when you're looking at building something long-term, you also have to factor in 
that contract is going to be very expensive in a couple of years, or you're just going to lose him. And then you have traded away Bo Bichette at 24 years old for a couple of years of Juan Soto. At that point, it doesn't necessarily seem worth it. So you have to be very comfortable going to around $500 million for this kid and also be comfortable with giving up Bo Bichette in that deal. After that, everything on the table. Guriel, Teoscar, um, I would even say Alejandro Kirk, and Danny Jansen, Gabriel Moreno, any prospect ever, all on the table for a Juan Soto. But I, I think the, 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 the main focus for this team still needs to be the starting pitching and still needs to be addressing that bullpen as well. Now, that's not going to take the same prospect capital as... Um, as getting a starting pitcher is because bullpen arms just don't. But I do think you need a couple of more guys in that bullpen that you rely on. And I think you need a couple of more starters that you can rely on for this team going forward. But looking at what the, the Blue Jays have done this season, it, it feels like it has been a disappointment because what we heard like last year was the trailer. This year is the real movie. And this year has kind of felt more like just the extended trailer a little bit like, oh, it's that eight minute preview that sometimes they'll, they'll send out. Oh, we got a scene on YouTube. That kind of feels like what it's been like. They, they had a great stretch. Uh, I believe it was around May where they just didn't lose a game and it was okay. This is this is the team that we thought we were getting. And that's kind of been it. But then you you look at what's gone on this season. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 20 home runs. Um, he has a 271 batting average and a 346 on base. That's a tremendous season. He was the starting first baseman of the All-Star game, not because of his name, but because of how good he is. Like, he, he's been the best first baseman in the American League this season. And it still feels like it's been a down year for him. And you go on, like, Bo Bichette has just kind of been fine this year. Like, he's hit 14 home runs, 257, with a 302 OBP. Those numbers are fine. Um, like, Springer has been really good, but banged up a little bit lately, and I think this All-Star break is coming at a great time for him. But, like, you, you go down the line, Alejandro Kirk is obviously outplaying expectations greatly, I would suggest. Um... I would say Danny Jansen, when he's been healthy, has. But if if he can stay healthy, I think that is something else that kind of bolsters this pitching staff is having that guy in there to to help kind of guide things along for the Blue Jays. Um, and I think he can help improve a number of the pitchers that they have. Just, again, all due respect to anyone else who they've called up. Kirk, Moreno, uh, Collins, whatever. But... Jansen, I think, is now veteran enough that he can understand, okay, this isn't working. We need to pivot to X, Y, and Z, and that is going to help us kind of progress this thing. I, I don't think that they've had that with the catcher, and I, I think they've needed that at times with some of the pitchers, especially Kikuchi at points this season. Um, but then after that, like, Guriel has been good. I'd say Guriel has been really good. He's batting over 300. Um, he, he's been kind of what you would expect. Only the five home runs. You kind of would have thought power, I think, would be there a little bit more. Teoscar is 265, 12 home runs. Like, it's not quite where you thought he would be. But, like, a, a lot of the guys, you're, you're not having the same breakouts that you've had last season. But also, I, I don't think that you are seeing the peak of the powers of any of these guys, right? Like, you, you go on 
down the okay, Kirk, you were seeing the peak of their powers, but Vladdy could be better. I think Springer could be a little bit better. Guriel could show a bit more power. Teoscar could be a little bit better. Um, Bo Bichette could be better. Matt Chapman could be better. Santiago Espinal, you're probably getting the peak of Santiago Espinal. Um, but then you, you go into the pitching rotation, and it's like Gosman's been excellent. Um, Manoa has been really, really good, and boy, was he the star of the show the other night. Um, but then, like, Barrios is just kind of starting to to get things figured out. And then after that, you need a couple of more pitchers to, to help round things out. So the point in all of this, just kind of listing off players and list, listing off names, is this is a, a Blue Jay season that so far has the feelings of being disappointing. They're 14 and a half games out of first place um, in the American League. So that's you know, not, or yeah, out of first place in the American League East, sorry. That is definitely not, um, uh, I think, attainable at this point. They still have 87% chance of making the playoffs and a 5% chance of winning the World Series, which is the third best in the American League behind the Yankees and the Astros. This is still a team that projects to be in rarefied air. It just hasn't looked that way at many points this season. But I think there is still a lot left for the Blue Jays and a lot left for this team to build on. I think the managerial change, we haven't really talked about that on the show. I think the managerial change was the right move to make. I get, like, everyone loves Charlie Montoyo. They do the documentary thing on Sportsnet leading into the season a couple of years ago, which makes you just fall in love with the guy and it breaks your heart when he gets fired and it's just like, ugh, it just pulls at all of the heartstrings now. But you could see, like, this team, we've talked about it on this show a bunch. This team rode that roller coaster way too much, way too much. And you need a manager who can kind of calm things down a little bit. And also when things aren't going well and everyone is feeling down, the message can't just be, I like the way we're playing right now. I like the way we're playing right now. Because at some point the players are like, okay, well we fucking don't. Can you help us figure this out? You're, you're kind of supposed, like the, the job of a manager in baseball in 2022 is certainly debated. And it's, at this point, it is a full team effort with everything, with um, lineup decisions, who's available in the bullpen that day. But at some point, you also have to send a strong message to the players. Like, okay, this is what we are doing. Like, it's just these little tweaks that can help you get a little bit further. And I think last season, while you can't just put one game on whoever, I do think I do think a better manager gets that Blue Jays team into the playoffs. And it's easy to say that with one game, but I, I, I just, I believe that to be true. The issue I have with this, and now the story's coming out that the Blue Jays really felt like he was a placeholder to kind of establish a culture. And then when it was really time to get going, you go out and you bring an established manager in. And I don't know if he would have come, but if you were looking at, well, maybe Charlie Montoyo isn't the guy for us. Buck Walter was out there. And there are very few managers in baseball who are legitimate, difference makers I think Buck Walters won look at what the Mets have done this season uh the, the Mets their lead over the Braves is now only two and a half games but the Mets have the second best odds in the American League of making it to the world of winning sorry winning the World Series they have really turned things around and I do think like they had a very good offseason but I do think Buck Walter there being that guiding force through the waters of a long Major League Baseball season can be a difference maker. And I think he, 
I think we were talking about an entirely different Blue Jays team if Buck Walter was the manager. I don't know how attainable that was. I don't know what his thoughts were on coming to Toronto or if those discussions could have even happened. But to just have Charlie Montoyo there, knowing that eventually you were going to fire him, and every manager is kind of hired to be fired, but this is such an important time for this Blue Jays team. There are so many decisions that are coming up in the next year, two, three, four, down the road, contractually, while everyone on this team still feels very young, it also has to have a sense of urgency as you try to progress your way through because eventually these guys are going to start costing a lot more money and you're going to have to have, you're going to have to make some tough decisions on guys like Teoscar and guys like Guriel and guys like Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're going to like, what, what is happening with Vladimir or with Juan Soto right now could very easily happen to the Blue Jays in a couple of years with any number of their young guys. You have to take advantage of this amazing core while you still have them and while you still have them at a relatively reasonable rate. A couple of other things um, from the, the the baseball world as we get ready for the, the start of the second half of the season. I continue to not really buy the Boston Red Sox. Um, they're 16 and a half games out right now. They would not be the third wildcard team. Correct? Yes. No. They... Because, yeah, the Rays are the first wildcard team. The Blue Jays are the... Uh, oh, it's not the Blue Jays. It's the second wildcard team. It's the Mariners are the second wildcard team. And the Blue Jays are the third wildcard team. So Boston is on the outside looking in. They had a great little run there. But I just... I look at this Red Sox team as one that is still a big piece or two away from making the postseason. So that they are still not a team that I take overly seriously down the stretch. And they also have the, aside from the Orioles, the of the four teams in the American League East that you take seriously as a playoff contender, and I should, we'll get to the Orioles in a second, um, Boston has the second toughest schedule the rest of the way in the American League East. I just don't see this Boston team being there at the end. I also don't see the Orioles being there at the end. It is adorable what they have been able to do. Congratulations to them. They have already surpassed last year's win total, which is as hilarious as it is depressing. That This is still not going to be a playoff team, and I... I I think you are at the point now with Baltimore where you don't need to trade everyone. If someone is going to overpay for a Cedric Mullins or if someone is going to overpay for a Trey Mancini, you don't throw the phone out the window if someone calls about them. You at least have that conversation, but you also don't move them just because you have to move them at this deadline just to get a C-level prospect in there. I think you have seen with this team, maybe they're a touch further along than you expect, and maybe next year is a year where you can start to make some noise in this expanded playoff. So good things are happening in Baltimore. Cleveland, uh, admittedly, I haven't seen a ton of Cleveland play this year, and they're a team that I'm, I'm actually going to focus on in the second half because I don't know how they are doing this. They are two games back of the Twins for first place in the American League Central. They have a slight edge on the White Sox, who are battling, and they're four games back of the Blue Jays in the win column anyway for the last wild card spot in the American League. And I, I just admittedly, 
I didn't see this coming from Cleveland. I also didn't see this coming from the White Sox, but they are a team. They have the best odds of making the playoffs in the Central, even though they're three games back of the Twins. They have just been annihilated by injuries this season. And it's very cliche. And look, I just did it with Danny Jansen. But it's very cliche to be like, oh, well, this guy's coming back healthy. That's going to be our deadline move. But that actually seems like what it is going to be with the White Sox, where you have all of these guys who have been injured. They're going to work their way back. I, I would imagine we see the White Sox in the postseason this year. In the American League West, you know who I'm going to talk about. It is the Los Angeles Angels. Things were looking so good for a while, and then that losing streak hit. They are now 20 games out of first place in the American League West. They have a record of 39 and 53, which would put them 10 and a half games back of the Blue Jays for that second wildcard spot. This is the most infuriating team in baseball. I can't imagine being a fan of the LA Angels. Like, it's it's dope that you get to watch Trout and Otani, but how can this continue to happen? How, 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 how? How is this still a thing that is happening with this Angels team? We have known what the flaws are for forever. And to be fair, like, it looked like maybe this year they might have addressed them, but they didn't address them enough. And it's just been an absolute disaster there. And now... Again, Shohei Otani's contract is coming up. Mike Trout is getting visibly frustrated out on the field. And when we're talking about like exciting players in baseball now, even though, and maybe it's just, you know, um, fatigue because we've been talking about Mike Trout for 10 years now, but no one's talking about Mike Trout anymore right? And uh, he, he doesn't really strike me as the guy to care about that too much, but that should be very concerning for the Angels. You know, everyone is talking about Soto and Julio Rodriguez after the home run derby and Vladdy and Acuna and Judge and anyone, name anyone, like Otani. Oh, no, people aren't even talking about him on his own team. Um, this is like how to ruin a superstar 101 that the Angels are doing with Mike Trout. And it is so infuriating to watch. Just just please be better, LA Angels. That's all I ask. Just please be better. Um, Just quickly, because I know um, we haven't talked about, like, it, it pains me to talk nicely about the Yankees, but holy crap, what a start to the season. I When you look at, like, legitimate World Series contenders, I mean, they, they have to be in the top two in the American League. I still think this is a flawed team. Now, the, it's a team that you can address those flaws and I wonder if the Benintendi um, situation with uh, COVID vaccines is a bit of a, a hindrance for them because they, they need another outfielder. I think they need another starting pitcher. And I, I think they, they kind of need another legitimate starter. Like Luis Castillo just ate their lunch a couple of weeks ago. And that that is that is the guy that I think the Blue Jays are bidding against right now, or the, the the team that I think the Blue Jays would be bidding against right now to go out and get Luis Castillo, because the, the Yankees need another one of those guys if you're going into a playoff series against the Astros or against the White Sox or against the Blue Jays or the Rays. They, they need another one of those dudes. One of the... Um, one of the arms that I would love for the Blue Jays to get that I think is probably unrealistic is uh, Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins. He is just stupid good. Um, it's great that he got the showcase at the um, at the All-Star game. People getting upset that Kershaw was starting over Sandy. That is such a small market. And look, I get it. Like, if anyone started an All-Star game over Roy Halladay, I would be like, you dumb motherfuckers. You don't even know talent if it spit you in the face. Um... But at the same time, it's in L.A. And saying, yeah, Clayton Kershaw is starting the All-Star game is going to get a few more eyeballs than, oh, Sandy Alcantara is starting the All-Star game. 
you you can still be the star. The, the star of the All-Star game last night, it wasn't just Giancarlo Stanton, even though he gets MVP. It wasn't Clayton Kershaw, even though it was cool that he got to start at Dodger Stadium. It was a thousand percent Alec Manoa. Go on social media anywhere today. Who stole the show? It was Alec Manoa. You don't have to be the, the number one starter of the All-Star game to, to, to stand out in this. Manoa proved that. But I, I would love to see a... Um, a, I would like to see the Marlins be good. I, I think they're kind of a fun team, and they've built a really good pitching staff. But I do think they've hit a bit of a wall, and I wonder how they get past that. So they'll be an interesting team to watch around the deadline. That uh, National League East race is going to be very intriguing down the stretch. The, the National League in general, like you have an interesting division race in the National League East. You have an interesting division race in the National League Central as well, with the Cardinals being half a game back of the Brewers. I will be interested to see how differently teams approach that last wild card spot. Like, is it important for the Giants to make a real push to get into the wild card? I think the Giants would treat that spot a little bit differently than the Padres would, who just need to get in. How do the Phillies feel about it? It's going to be interesting to see who really makes that push for that last playoff spot. Uh, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Hoping you have a couple more shows coming at you guys this week. I will talk to you all later. I'm out.